0: Everyone, good morning. Thanks for joining. For those online, uh, thanks for joining as well. You know, Tommy mentioned this is Memorial Day weekend. Tomorrow is Memorial Day. Some people get it confused with Veterans Day. <clears throat> Excuse me, I'm fighting a cold here. But, you know, the difference between the two is, you know, Veterans Day, we honor everyone who's a veteran who has served. Memorial Day, the very name, very name of tomorrow, calls us as Christians to remember, and that's what we're doing, we're going to remember those who have given their life, made the ultimate sacrifice for our freedom in this country.
1: So today we're going to talk about
0: abilities, and the fact that we need to do what we are each made to do. You see, I believe that every person is a dream of God, and that he designed and created each of us for a purpose. None of us were an accident, we were all made with a purpose. And that purpose, that very dream of God that he has for you is hardwired into each of us. Each one of us is unique with special capabilities, with natural abilities, with talents, with our life experiences, our passions, our personality. And you see, friends, God put all of those things together to make each of us a one-of-a-kind masterpiece. God made you for a purpose so we can do what we were made to do. Now, in our series, this is the third week for the Ministry 101 uh, series, uh, we're using the word shape, the acronym, for spiritual gifts, heart, abilities, personality, and experiences. And as I mentioned, today we're going to be talking about our natural abilities and how each of us can discover, develop, demonstrate them for God's purpose. So I've got a prop I want to share with you. What is this? Grisby. You know what it is. You know what it's made for. But see, what if you've never seen this before? What it might be used for? A dinner plate? A dog dish? A tiny, lazy Susan? A semi-hard hat? A semi, for sure. A digging utensil, a gold pen? It could be any one of those, but what is it? It's a Frisbee, and why? It's meant to fly. That's its job. That's its natural ability. The person that made this, that invented it, had one purpose in mind. To make it fly. Okay, Tammy. All right. You know, I wasn't sure to do that. I had this reoccurring dream this week that I, that I went to launch that and hit one of the lights and shattered. <laughs> And I think that's ground for excommunication, so I, but, but I went with it. So that's what it's meant to do. That's its job. That's its unique ability. What about you? What about you? Each of us were made to fly and soar and have fun. You know, there are very few things in this world that are more rewarding as doing what you were made to do. The thing is, that Frisbee was made to fly, but God made us for a purpose, too. And that's our challenge. That's what we're going to do today. Help understand what we were made to do. What are our purposes? What we were designed to do. I'm going to start off by sharing our message for this series, which is Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. Tommy said it before, for we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Again, you are God's workmanship. God created you to be a masterpiece. Why? Why did he do that? He made you to do something, something good. And he planned out those good works in advance. Each of us were designed for a specific purpose, to do what we were made to do. So this morning as we look at our natural abilities, look look around, look around the room and you see that we're all different in appearance, we're shaped differently, our hair is differently, if we have hair, Um, but inside each of us, each of these different shapes and styles, we all have a wide variety of abilities. What were you meant to do? What are you good at? Painting? Counseling? Maybe you've never met a car problem you couldn't repair. Perhaps you're an amazing chef. Perhaps you just find opportunities wherever you go to help people that are in need. Whatever you do, God is behind it, And he doesn't bless us with abilities so we can get noticed, so we can be popular, or so we can make money. Some of that can be a result of it, but it's much bigger than that. God wants us to honor Him with the abilities He's given us. He calls us to be good and faithful servants with our talents and our abilities. Now some of you, like Vinny, like Allie, and like my brother Gunnar, have musical ability. Allie, when you were born, you cried in a perfect pitch. Some people, some people, yes you did, some people can hear a sound and tell you what note it is and if it's flat or sharp. You can't teach that. It's natural ability. You know, Mark Wiesner, who was here at the first service, I didn't mean to embarrass him, but he has the gift of research and teaching and sharing God's word and Bible study. I told him his college should be a Professor. Or a teacher in a Bible college, because he's that great. Tammy in the back has a tremendous ability to be organized, tremendous uh, ability to be organized and direct, and she's a blessing to the church. And my brother Tommy here has an innate ability, I mean, to memorize uh, his entire sermon, including the text. Uh, I've never seen anything like it. On top of that, he's a, he's a champion toastmaster speaker, So we're so blessed to have uh, Tommy and Tammy uh, in our congregation and and leading our our church. So I say that because those are natural, natural abilities. Some people have uh, physical abilities. I talked at the first service about my nephew, Marcello, who's 13 years old, he's in eighth grade. This boy knows how to play baseball like no one I've ever seen at his age. A couple nights ago, he was named the most viable player on the junior varsity team as an 8th grader. And he's pitched in three games on the varsity team Okay, as an 8th grader. He can throw the ball 85 miles an hour, and he's hit a home run 400 feet at the age of 13.
1: Now, my brother Bob and I, we
0: played semi-pro ball for a couple of years. Never did we have the ability of this boy at 13. It's a natural ability. Some of, some of you, like Antonio, who's not here, I think he's watching us online, can fix anything. Mechanical, amazing. Now others, like me, and perhaps Tommy, wouldn't know the right end of a wrench. You know, there are hundreds, maybe thousands of abilities, and we're all different. It's important that we understand what they are. Now in the back, as you leave today, we have another Um, a guide on abilities, and within it, there's an inventory of a number of different um, abilities that you may have. So it's a way to help us discover that, so I encourage you to take one on the the way up. Now this reminds me of a story I read about a group of animals who decided to start a school. And the courses that they were going to have as animals included running, climbing, swimming, and flying. And they decided that every animal should take every course just the same. And that's where the problem started. You see, the duck was better than his teacher at swimming, but he made only passing grades in flying. He was really poor in running. So what they made him do was drop out of swimming and stay after school and run and practice running and running. Well, guess what? It caused his wet feet to deteriorate so badly that he could hardly swim. And his great drop to, to a, I think a D in swimming. And then he had this rabbit who was at the top of his class in running. But he wasn't such a good swimmer. And they made him swim over and over. He caught pneumonia and he had to drop out of school. And then we had the squirrel who showed outstanding ability climbing, but he had a hard time flying because the teacher wanted him to fly from the ground up, and he was really good at flying from the ground, from, the, from the, the trees down. And then finally, the eagle. He was a problem student because he was being disciplined because he was nonconforming. You know, in climbing class and in flying, he could beat everyone. But he refused to participate in swimming, so he got expelled. Friends, God has designed each and every one of us with certain abilities to excel including you and me, where you're not gifted and you're not going to excel. And where you're gifted, where your strengths are, you're going to excel. When we try to force someone to do something that they're not good at, it's going to cause guilt, frustration, it's going to result in mediocrity and failure. You know, a duck is meant to be a duck because it's shaped to swim. And you and I have a purpose that we were meant for. And that's what we need to do. That story about the animals reminds me a bit of John Maxwell's focus on strength and his scale of 1 to 10 that I believe Tommy's mentioned in either a previous sermon or a toe joint, see to Chris, not in the same of it. And the premise is if you are a, a 6 or a 7 in doing something, if you practice, you can get to an 8 or a 9. And people pay for an eight or nine. If you're a two or a three, if you're mediocre or less than mediocre doing something, and putting your effort into that, maybe you'll get to a four or a five. That's still below average. When you can be outstanding in what you were meant to do, that's what Maxwell was saying. So in week one, Tommy talked about spiritual gifts, and today we're talking about natural abilities. And what's the difference? You know, natural abilities you're born with, they're part of your physical package, your genetic code, your DNA. But when you become a Christian, you're born again and you're given spiritual gifts. And there's some overlap, I believe, between the two, such as in teaching. You know, in teaching, you could be born with an ability to teach, but your spiritual gift. Together can make you an amazing, inspiring teacher, and it does. It's the same thing with leadership or management. You might have been born with some abilities, some natural abilities there, but when you harness that talent and those spiritual gifts that God's given you, you become—you could become an amazing leader, an amazing manager. And we've already seen in Ephesians 2:10 uh, our our message for this series that God designed and created each of us to be a masterpiece with a specific purpose in mind, with specific things he calls us to do. So it's important for us to recognize our natural abilities and understand that they're not a result of just genetic coding. They're part of God's divine design. God gave us those abilities, all of us, going back to the beginning of time. Listen to this example from the Old Testament. In Exodus chapter 36, it reads, So Bezalem and Ahaliah, and every skilled person to to whom the Lord has given skill and ability to know how to carry out all the work of constructing the sanctuary, or to do the work just as the Lord commanded. Then Moses Moses summoned Bezalem and Ahaliah, and every skilled person to whom the Lord had given ability, and who was willing to come and do the work. Friends, God gave Moses the plans to build a beautiful tabernacle. And he gave Bezalel and Oholiab and a bunch of others the various skills and abilities they didn't have to build the tabernacle. Every single ability comes from God, our creator. Even the ability to make money. In Deuteronomy chapter eight, verse 18, it reads, But remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the ability to produce wealth. Friends, if you have a gift for making money, that comes from God too. And if you have a gift for making money, you've probably been given a spiritual gift to channel those resources and to help others that may be in need. You see, God didn't waste any abilities on you or me. Every ability that he's given us has a purpose to be used for him. And when we narrow our view of God's work to what's done in this building, in this church, only a few abilities can be used. You see, most of God's work doesn't happen here. Most of it happens all week long. It happens at your job. It happens in your classroom. It happens in your community. It happens in your home. Whatever you do, God has strategically placed you and equipped you to do His work seven days a week, wherever you are, wherever you live. Every ability has a purpose. I want to look at three verses from the New Testament, actually, Proverbs as well, and we're going to look at them and see what they have in common. The first one, Proverbs uh, chapter 16, verse 3, reads, Commit to the Lord whatever you do, and your plans will succeed. And then we look at what Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 10. So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do for the Lord, not for, I'm sorry, you do for the glory of God. And then we move on to Colossians chapter 3, and it says, whatever you do, work in it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for men. One similarity between all three of those. Every ability is whatever, whatever you do. Because whatever you do can be used for the glory of God. You can repair a car to the glory of God. You can balance financial books to the glory of God. You can cook a meal to the glory of God. You can manage an office to the glory of God. You can teach a class to the glory of God. You can make a sale to the glory of God. You can throw a baseball, catch a football, shoot a basketball to the glory of God. Because whatever you do, we're called to do it with all our heart as if we're saving the Lord. Now here's the good news. God matches our spiritual gifts with our function and assignment on his team. It's the same with natural abilities. He created you and me for good works and equipped us to do them. In Hebrews chapter 13, verses 20 to 21, we read, Now may the God of peace equip you with everything good for doing his will. And may he work in us what is pleasing to him through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. And that verse is actually a prayer. It's a prayer that God would equip you with everything good for doing his will. Because what God commands, God provides. When he gives us an assignment, he equips us to succeed. When he wants us to do something, anything, he empowers us to do it. Because God's will be done. And if we don't use what God gave us, we can lose it. You know, Jesus tells the story of the king who entrusted property to three servants and then went away for a long time. When he returned, he asked the three for an accounting of what they had done and what he had given. Them. And the first two had invested their money wisely and they had a handsome return to chauffeur. But the third man had been too lazy and too afraid to do anything. He had simply buried the money in the backyard for safekeeping. And the king was so upset. And he said in Matthew 25, take the talent from him and give it to the one who has 10 talents. Use it or lose it. If you don't use what God gave you, he'll take it away and give it to someone else who will. We're told not to bury our talents, not to ignore them. Don't waste them. You know, it's a universal law. If I don't use something, then I'm going to eventually lose it. If I refuse to exercise, I'm going to lose muscle and condition. If I refuse to practice, I'll lose my skills. If I refuse to think, I may lose my mind. It will certainly get dull. And if you're an employer, if you have people that work for you and you don't use their abilities that God has given them, you'll lose those people because no one wants to stay in a job where they can't use their natural abilities. God gave each of us natural abilities. So the question is, is how do you use them? How do you make the most of your natural abilities? So this morning I want to share four suggestions, and you can take the guide when you leave here. But the first thing that we need to do before we can use our abilities, we need to discover them. You know, in an interview with with Peter Drucker, Bill Moyers asked, what advice would you give to young people who are trying to get ready for the 21st century? And Drucker replied, know your strengths. The most important thing is to know what you're good at. You see, very few people know that. All of us know what we're not good at, but the reason why so few of us know what we are good at is because it comes so easy to us. Wow! You see, God matches your abilities in life purpose. He doesn't waste abilities. He gave them to each of us for a reason. And the more you know what God gave you, the better you'll be able to serve him and live out his purpose in you. Now, if we look at Romans uh, chapter twelve, verse six, you know Paul writes, "We all have gifts; they differ according to the grace God has given each of us." Do you have the gift of prophecy? Then use it according to the faith you have. So, discovering our abilities. Here's a few ways to assess them. The first is to take inventory. And again, there's an inventory list and a guide in the back. Feel free to take that. But you could also just make a list of the things that you like to do, the things that you're good at. Make a list. You know, the average person has 500 to 700 abilities. You have more abilities than you think of, so make a list. And then what you do is you evaluate, you evaluate your experience. What are the things that you've done? What are the abilities that you've had that have been successful? What do you do well? What do you like doing? You know, sometimes we do things well, really well, and we take them for granted. We don't realize that we have a natural ability. Then you can ask for feedback. You know, if you're good at something, others will notice it. In fact, others will notice it, and they'll come and tell you. But if you're not sure, you can ask, How do I do? At work, in sports, in school, in leadership. Then the next thing we can do is experiment. When you try to do different things, you may discover that you're good at something that you never knew you can do. So try. That's the most accurate way to assess your abilities. And the second thing that we need to do after we've discovered our abilities, is to dedicate them. we got to dedicate our abilities. We need to dedicate them to God. You know we all know that we could use our abilities for the right reason and for the right purpose. Very easily we could use them for the wrong purpose. If your ability is to make a lot of money and be really successful you could use that to keep it for yourself or you could use that to help others. If you've got a gift of organizing and planning, you could use that for, for good. You could use it for uh, planning a rescue or planning a mission trip, or you could use it to rob a bank or commit a crime. Maybe you have the ability to influence people with your oratory skills. And you can influence them for good or you can influence them for evil. I mean, if you look back in time and you look at Hitler, and Churchill. They were contemporaries and each had the innate ability to speak and inspire people. Hitler moved people to unspeakable evil, unequivocal evil. And because of his evil, millions of people died because he was misguided and that ability he had was, was used for evil purposes. On the other side, Winston Churchill, Had this ability to speak and mobilize not only his nation but the world to resist evil and save the free world. God gave each of you those abilities. And you need to give them back. Dedicate those abilities to God. Use them for what he intended, for the good he intended. In Romans chapter 12, verse 1, Paul writes, Therefore, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. So now after we've discovered and dedicated our abilities, the third thing we need to do is to develop. Develop our abilities. Make them better. And we all know that natural abilities get better with practice and with use. Athletes practice to improve their skills. So do musicians. So do people in every profession. Now, given a choice, if you had to have a, a surgery, would you rather have a, an experienced doctor or a rookie? <laughs> if you had someone that was going to fix your car, would you have someone that um, just came out of mechanic school or someone that's been doing it for 20 years? Of course you want someone who's experienced, who's the best they can be. You know, there's a story in college basketball when Michigan played Wisconsin. This is back in the late 80s. There was a, a player on Michigan's team. His name was Ramil Robinson. And he stepped to the foul line with one second left. They were down by, I'm sorry, with two seconds left. They were down by one point, And he had two, two foul shots. He was a good player. But he missed them both, and they lost the game. It was the beginning of the season. After every practice for the rest of the season, he would stay up to practice, and he would shoot 100 free throws. Every day, 100, 100, 100. Wouldn't you know, in the NCAA championship game, with one second left down by one point, he's fouled. And he's got two shots. He shoots him up, swish, swish swish and they win the national championship that's a true story what made the difference well he we had natural ability of course he was a college basketball player on a top 10 team what really made the difference is that he took the time to sharpen his skills you know it worked for me i worked for a company where we sell cybersecurity solutions to protect banks and their customers their data And we don't have the opportunity to meet customers face-to-face, or at least we haven't had for the last year, so we've had to leverage uh, Zoom, and we've had these important meetings where 10 or 15 of our customers that would be making these, in some cases, multi-million dollar decisions, and what we've learned to do is before we get on that customer call, the day before we would get on an internal call, and just practice, Mm -hmm. go through the agenda, practice go through the presentation, who was going to say what, what we were not going to say, and what we were going to ask the customer to say. And then we would, we were so prepared that when we did the presentation the next day, it typically went really well. And then if you know what happens at the end of the Zoom meeting, everyone goes off. We would stay on. And then we would recap, what did we do well? What do we need to do better? What is our next steps? And because we practiced that over and over, we became really successful. And it was a really good good model. And I share that in business, but it's in, it's in everything that we do. You know, our, our worship team. You know, on Wednesday nights, they come in the building, and they practice, and they rehearse. And that's why it's flawless. That's why it's beautiful. Because work went into that. You know, Tommy and Tammy and I, after Tojo every Wednesday night, we sit down and we plan the service. We don't just get up here and win it. In business, there are people that show up and throw up. And that's not a winning combination. <laughs> so I share that with you. Okay, hey, so in 1 Chronicles uh, 25. <clears throat> excuse me. <clears throat> apologies. In 1 Chronicles uh, verse 25, it reads, Along with your relatives, all of them were trained and skilled in music for the Lord. Now this verse, it talks about the temple worship leaders in David's time. I want you to notice the two words in that verse, trained and skilled. Trained and skilled. Trained and skilled in what? With their natural abilities and skills that can be sharpened by training. Because friends, to be excellent, to do the best, to do what we're called to do with our abilities, requires both skill and training. In Ecclesiastes uh, chapter 10, verse 10, It reads, if the axe is dull and it's edge unsharpened, more strength is needed, but skill will bring success. You know, when you practice something and you get good at it, it's so much easier to do it than when you have to struggle with something that you really haven't worked on. We each have natural ability, but we need to train it and sharpen it. Again, it's like swinging a dull axe. It's hard. But if we practice whatever we do, if we take lessons, if we train, if we get better and we sharpen our skills, you know, we can achieve excellence. It's what happens. So as I continue, we've, we've talked about discovering our abilities, dedicate them, developing them. And now what we want to do, the fourth thing, is we want to demonstrate our abilities, perhaps the most important. Because God's grace and gifts comes in various forms, various abilities. Whatever God has given you, use it to serve others. That's what we're called to do. We manage them for God. You know, someone once said, your life is God's gift to you, but what you do with those abilities is is your gift to God. So we can take what God's given us and use it faithfully as a trustworthy manager because that's what we're called to do. Now I want to share with something with you that I found as I was preparing for this sermon, and it was a note that was given to a young man who lacked confidence by his dying grandmother. And she titled it Nobody Like Me. And I'm going to read it. She wrote: In all the world there is no one, nobody like me. Since the beginning of time, there has never been another person like me. Nobody has my smile, <clears throat> my, my eyes, my nose, my hair my hands, my voice, and all the time, there has never been no one who laughs like me, cries like me, and what makes me laugh and cry will never provoke identical laughter and tears from anyone else, ever. I am the only one in all of creation who has my set of abilities. There will always be someone who's better at one of the things I'm good at, but no one in the universe can reach the quality of my combination of talent, ideas, abilities, and feelings. No one will ever look, talk, walk, think, or do like me. I am special. I'm rare. And there is great value in me. God has given me my value. I need not attempt to imitate others. I will accept and celebrate my God-given differences because it's no accident that I am special. God made me for a special purpose and has a work for me that no one else can do so well as me. Only one applicant for my job is qualified, and that one is me. I'm special because God made me special. You know, I I read that, and I got a little choked up. But it's so true when you think about it. Each one of us is unique. God knows how many hairs we have on our head. He placed them all there. And I've got to be honest with you. I try to use my abilities that God's given me each day. Sometimes I feel good about it, sometimes I feel like I'm up short. But we have to try to use them. And I believe there are two ways we can. And the first one is that God wants us to bless others with our abilities. Because just with our spiritual gifts, God doesn't give anything for our own benefit. He wants us and he calls us to use our talents and our skills for the benefit of others. He's blessed us so we could be a blessing. We're told in 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10 each one should use whatever God's gift has received to serve others. Faithfully administering God's grace in various forms. How do you put that into practice? How do we do that? Maybe there's a ministry. But there's something in the church like Acts 29 or a small group or a Bible study that you can do, that you can volunteer for. If you paint, you can hold painting classes for a youth group or at a nursing home. If you look into your community, there's probably many things that you could use your abilities for. But God calls us to do that. And then most importantly, God, this is number two, God wants us to build his kingdom for his glory. You see, as I mentioned, God made us all different. That's great. Because together, all of us make up the kingdom. In 1 Corinthians 12, Paul compares the body of Christ to a human body. Each of us is unique, but together we make up the body. We complete it. And Christ is the head of the body. So everything we do, every single thing we do, points back to him, and he directs it all. Friends, in other words, God wants us to use our unique role in the body of Christ to glorify Him. So if God made you an amazing singer, sing for Him. If He made you an amazing cook, cook for Him. Whatever you do, you could be a writer. You could write code. You could be good at numbers. You could be a good manager at work. Do it for God. Volunteer for a church or a God honoring company or a ministry. We're each called to use our God given abilities to reach those that don't know Him. I want to close this morning by looking at Matthew uh, chapter 22, verses 30, 30, 37 through 40. And this is where Jesus gives us two commandments. Two, Jesus gave us two commandments. The first was to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. That's the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like, love your neighbor as yourself. Friends, when you use your abilities to honor him and bless others, you're doing exactly that. Your abilities are God's gift to you, and what you do with them is our gift to God. We bow our heads in prayer for you. Oh, Father God, dear God, we love you and we glorify you. We thank you for bringing us together this morning. And dear God, on this Memorial Day weekend, remember those who made the ultimate sacrifice for the freedom we enjoy every day. And we think of how they followed in the footsteps of your Son our Savior, Jesus Christ. God, thank you. Thank you so much for the abilities you've given each of us. We pray that we would be able to discover them and dedicate them to you. Father, we ask that you help us develop them and strengthen them so that we could use them to bless others and glorify you. Father, we thank you for all that you are, all that you do, every blessing, every provision in our lives, we thank you for. And we pray this in Jesus' powerful and precious name. Amen. Please rise up.